Hello and welcome to the Executive Checklist. I'm John Copeland and I'm here with my lovely daughter, Courtney Copeland. Glad you're here, Courtney. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being back. It's always fun to have you on the podcast, (laughs) on the show. Um, Today we're going to talk about how to pick your team. Picking the team that you're going to be working with or working for you uh, is extremely important. I mean, you've got to have a good team. If you have one player on the team that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then the whole team can fail. You're not going to be as successful as you could be as if everybody's working cohesively together. In picking your team, you know, college education is not doing today what it's always done. I mean, there's a lot of people with a college education that can't find a job. It's not opening the same doors. People are still being educated, but it's not as valuable as it used to be. Yeah, and a lot of the big companies like Google or Virgin Airlines or Tesla and some of the more out-of-the-box companies who are very progressive, very successful companies um, are removing that requirement on a lot of positions that you have to have college. Um, I really think that one of the biggest things that you need to find in a person is character. You know, if you have two people with the same talent, but one has good character and the other one doesn't, then, or even one that has maybe some less skills, but is of more character, um, you know, it, that's, I would take the character over the skills. The skills can be taught. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can gain the knowledge, um, but you, people's character rarely changes unless maybe they have a experience with God or something like that. But character, I've noticed, pretty much stays with them um, for most of their life. And so when you have a team, you want that team to be cohesive. You want that team to feel free to be open and discuss. And if there's issues, you don't want somebody who's going to, you know, hold things in and become resentful and block themselves off. If I've got a problem with you, I need to be able to come to you and talk to you. You want to have that kind of camaraderie in your team to where even if you're the boss, I want my employees to be able to come talk to me if I'm causing them issues or they have an issue with me or maybe the way I conduct meetings or maybe the way I handle them. You want that open, that freedom, that trust, because as a, as a boss or owner or whatever you want to be able to be completely honest with them without getting the feelings hurt um you've got to be able to address issues and you know some people it's really hard to address difficult issues and i find the younger people because they communicate mostly on the phone that the in-person complicated or maybe uncomfortable conversations are hard for them to have Mm -hmm. so you really have to foster an environment that has that but the people that are on that team make a huge part of that. I mean, you want somebody that's positive. You want somebody that's hard work ethic, um, who's going to be on time, who's going to do what they say they're going to do. Um, but then there's a whole other part of that of personalities. Mm-hmm. You might want to Yeah, I mean, that. balance is huge. You can have a positive person that's unrealistic. You can have a positive person that's extremely realistic. You know, there's little things like that that you have to find a balance of. Not everyone needs to be a superpower, like, bulldozer-type personality. Your whole whole team can't be that. Right. Or you're going to bulldoze each other. A practical way, one of the the tests that I have been obsessed with for a few years is the Gallup Strength Finders test. 
it's designed to build teams. It separates the strengths, the 34 strengths, uh, into different um, types of leadership, influential, strategic, intellectual, um, uh, relational strengths. So, for example, I know by looking at your strengths, you actually have a lot of relational strengths in your top five. Who would have thunk it that this man... This man of a few words actually thrives in building relationships. We also have a few of the same strengths. We both have strategic and futuristic as two of our top five strengths. Um, we together lack intellectual strengths in our top five. doesn't mean we're not good at intellect. It doesn't mean that we can't, are not capable at intellectual type strengths. However, it's not our natural gifting. Mm -hmm. So to find... If we were to start a business together, we would need someone that can learn from context, can learn from study, uh, study analysis and different things, things that you and I are capable of. However, it's not our strength. You and I would be an unbalanced team. Doesn't mean we can't work together. Doesn't mean we couldn't make a business run. However, for us to run best, we need a balanced team. So Gallup Strength Finder specifically works great with marriages too. There's, you know, yeah, but, there's nothing wrong with you know having testing people when mm -hmm. they come in to apply. I think it's great. Yeah. Because you're getting to see what kind of personality that is going to bring to the team. I did this years ago. I had uh, I'd read a I started thinking about personalities and different personality types, <clears throat> and so I didn't know what was out there you know and so I just kind of looked around and I found the Myers-Briggs book mm -hmm. okay so I, I got that book and it was a really boring book I mean it was written to by two guys you know nerdy looking guys with their pocket protectors and it was written that way but it was really eye-opening for me to understand the different personality types and it meant so much to me that I had our executive team all take the test and so you know me as mine is I don't, I, I, N, T, S, J, I always have to call Eileen to ask her, what was I again? But it, you know, mine is pretty much, I was black and white. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a good idea, if it's the best thing to do, we just do it. No, not without really considering, and this is in my younger days as CEO, I would just do it. Not really considering how it made people feel, how the staff's going to receive it. Mm -hmm. And it may be something that we just need to present to them in a way that they can receive it but I, wouldn't, I didn't even think about that I how they felt I just thought bottom line that's the best way to go go do it and so had the team tested and realized that like there was a couple of people on the team who feeling you know that they think about people's feelings first that's one of their highest strengths mm -hmm. and so I would ask them in the meetings what do you guys think about this because they're both of them were kind of quiet and didn't really speak up a lot so I would Say, what do you think? How do you think this is going to make the staff feel? Because I realized that wasn't a natural strength for me. So I had to develop that strength realizing it was a weakness. But it was great for our team because now they understood how I want stuff presented to me. Mm -hmm. I want bottom line. Don't fluff it up with, you know, pie in the sky thinking in the whole, you know, decorated. I was like, just bottom line me. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to sit there and talk forever, I'm going to get bored and check out. Mm -hmm. Right. And some people want that whole description and the feeling about it and the, the you know, how would you say, the big picture of it. Some people want that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's how your boss needs it presented to them. So I think that is really important. And I think testing your people, like with the strength finders, before you hire them to know what kind of person you're getting on your team is mm -hmm. great. Well, Intuit eliminates a lot of wasted conversation. 
when I was doing reaction tour, my friend Nicole was working with me and um, technically she worked under me. However, she's smarter than I am, much smarter than I am, which is important. You don't want to be smarter than your team, you know, mm -hmm. but our thought process was very different. So we took out strength finders. My top five is competition, futuristic, strategic, activator, and uh, can't remember. But hers were responsibility, achiever, arranger. You know, her whole top five was about how do we make today the most day productive, like the most productive day? My top five surrounded um, future, big picture, you know, what's the end result going to look like? And so what would happen, because we think so differently, she would be like, well, why would we do it that way? And I would be like, well, why would we do it that way? And we would have to go back and forth on these reasonings for a way of doing things, which when it's something really important, you need to talk about them, obviously. However, these were unimportant things. And we wasted so much conversation after we took the test and I was able to see her gifts and mm -hmm. see that she was, if she was throwing a red flag at my idea, it was because she saw a roadblock in the day-to-day -day execution of that idea and vice versa. I would only throw a red flag at her idea if I saw that might be good today. However, six months from now, it might not work out as well. And this is what, what you said a while ago in relationships and marriages. It's great mm -hmm. because you can ask, oh, that's why they think mm -hmm. the way they think, or that's why they have a problem with me doing this or whatever it is. Yeah. And like my number one strength competition, Gray's third strength is competition. So we thrive in competition. However, as a married couple and you're competing in the gym or different things, I didn't do as well as he did um, harnessing that. And once we took the test, I realized, oh, we're not just going back and forth because we're actually upset. We're just both kind of competitive. You know, the, it makes you aware of your own strengths. Another uh, thing about competition, like I have to watch that I'm not driven by comparison. Well, in the workplace specifically, knowing what your team's strengths are, praising them in their strengths, not faulting them when you assign them something that's outside of their strengths, knowing to give them a little extra time because it's on you that you ask them to do something now, if it's in their job description, that's different. They signed up for it. But, you know, when you're asking for a favor, you're asking something beyond their job description or beyond what you know that they're good at, you have to be lenient with them. It just is a really good way to clean up some gray areas in the works in the work page. Now, that like, test is free online, right? Really I think charging. now the top five is free. I think they used to charge for it. It is, I think it's $90 to know all 34 of your strengths. If you buy the book, you get your top 10 free, I think. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great. I recommend all organizations do it. Um, my last, um, point is you want to build a team that can work without you. And I learned that from you. You know, if you leave for vacation for a week and the business shuts down, you don't have the, you either don't have the right team in place or you are a micromanager. Which we discussed in other podcasts, mm -hmm. micromanaging is not good. And so whenever you build your team, you A, want to equip them to do their job so that they can do it when you're not there. You don't want your team. I have worked in a position that when the boss went out of town, we were like so happy because we could actually get stuff done recently, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not the position you want to put your team in. So there's little things like that, that when you're building your team, you, you want to pick people that are smarter than you in their field. And this again is at an executive level i mean and that can teach you yes you want somebody to come in to teach that can teach you 
how it should be done, the way it should be done, and let them do it. The downside of when we say you want to hire someone smarter than you, you don't want to hire someone overqualified for a position that will feel stumped and unhappy. That's not what we're trying to say. If you hire a new lead of marketing or a director of marketing from the outside and they come in, you want them to know about marketing more than you. If you're a manager at a diner, you probably don't want to hire someone that has not worked in that position before, you know, like little, you obviously just be smart about it is what I'm saying, but you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to learn from everyone around you. You want experts in their position and then you have to let them do their job, which is why I think you were such a great executive. There's always a a balance to that. You know, if you can leave for a month or three months and nothing's changing, you know, Is your organization growing? You know, if you can go that long and your team is also very comfortable, is like the flip side to Mm -hmm. that. You know, there's always balance. There's ditches on both sides. Both sides, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, it's a quick takeaway is make sure you have, A, that you have people on your team that you trust, you let them do their job, you build them, you build your team in a way it's not based on friendship. I've tried to start a lot of businesses with friends, we're still friends, but our business wasn't great because we that's were one, unbalanced. It's one of the best ways to lose a friend is to do business with them, but because it's not easy, you know. And it, and I, my my viewpoint on um, employees as friends, I want to be friends with them. I'm gonna I want to treat them right, and I want to know who they are. I want to trust them. I want them to trust me. But at the end of the day, there's there is a bit of separation that has to happen Mm -hmm. because one day you may have to make that call on them. And it's harder when you're buddy buddies all the time and you're, you and your kids and your families hang out together and and everything. I really feel like there is a little bit of a, it's better to have a little bit of separation. Now I've gone into business, like had people that came to work for me that were my friends, Mm -hmm. but we settled it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Before they ever came on and said, look, our friendship comes first. Okay, business will never get in the way of our friendship. Let's make a pack on it, you know, shake hands on it and just decide that we will not let the business ruin our friendship. Mm-hmm. Our friendship's going to come first. And so, um, and, you know, and I've actually had to fire somebody before that was a really good friend. Or I, I let them be fired. I didn't do it. They worked for somebody else under me. But you know what? Our friendship's still there today because we never let that interferes. So friendship and business is difficult. It is difficult. And family and business is difficult. That's more difficult. Yeah. I mean, that that's a harder one for sure. But, you know, when you build your team, when you're adding people to your team, you also want to make sure that you're not doing it out of a place of desperation, I think is kind of a kind of key. We don't want to uh, pull budget from this place where we really need it because the industry's changing and we don't know where we're going. We need to hire a new CEO or we need to hire, you know, a new marketing director that's going to change everything. You can't just you can't just hire out of desperation in that way. You really need to do a good job, take your time, make sure the person's the right fit. But the most important quality that I think at the executive level or at any level is you have to make sure that someone's integrity level lines up with your... I know the first thing you said was character. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the full circle of this episode. But integrity is so huge. If you hire someone that's not at the same integrity level as you and say they're responsible for 
for a few areas over here. And because you trust your team, you're letting them do their job. And then you find out later people aren't being treated right. Uh, you find out later that we're not, for example, tipping people because we were because something happened. Well, I want to be known as a business that honors and values workers and different things. Like I don't want to skip out on things like that. So if I were to find out that someone were treating someone poorly because something fell through the cracks, you know, that's, you know, just little things like that. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure that someone's not cutting corners to save money in their own budget or different things that when you find out later, you're disappointed. And the only way to do that is to talk to the rest of your team, talk to everyone on your team. We have, we have an episode about when you know it's time to fire someone. That's not necessarily what I'm trying to get to. I'm just saying you have to make sure that someone's level of integrity lines up with you, lines up with yours. Ads are a great practical example what does your ad say? Is that true? Or are we just trying to make a few extra bucks? You know, little things like that will crash you into a wall. You can't do those things. You can't get away with those things. And, and, um, you do, you reap what you sow and you want to make sure that everyone underneath you lines up with that, whatever your MO is. And I think it's important. I don't know. You're not, we're not talking about firing people. We did that in another one, but you can do an analogy, let's say in football, you know, American football, you have somebody that all-star, Great receiver, whatever the position is, just amazing athlete. And come in a, into an organization and can be poisoned into that locker room, and it affects a whole team. I don't care how good he catches the ball. There's a few receivers I can think of in, in the NFL mm -hmm. who can come into a locker room and just kill the locker room, mm -hmm. kill the team spirit and everything. So when you do bring somebody on the team, once you realize that, okay, there's some major character issues here. This is not the right fit for our team. The sooner you make that call, obviously you try to address it, right? Mm -hmm. And if they can address if they can change, adjust, and you give them yeah. a, ch a chance, you know, you have to communicate and give them a chance. But if they're not changing, then that person has got to get off the team because it will affect the attitudes of everybody else on the team. It takes the whole team down, just like we started at the beginning. You know, every player on the team needs to be playing and playing team ball and if you got one person on there who's self-centered or it's all about them or their bad attitude, they need to go, mm -hmm. you know. And the sooner it is, uh, the sooner they're gone and less entrenched and can cause that bad effect, the better off you're going to be. For sure. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And uh, subscribe. We'd like to see you some more. And thanks, Courtney, for being here. Thanks. And if you have any questions, be sure to let us know what they are. Yes, please do.